Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan from Startups.com, joined as always by Will Schroeder, my partner, friend, CEO, and founder of Startups.com. Well, I was on the phone last night at 7.30. I get a call from a friend of mine who recently sold his company. Um, now, he's in the middle of an earnout still, but he's already thinking about what he's going to do next. Like he's already got the next five startup ideas. Sure. Um, and, and he's ready to rock. You know, he's like, he just can't wait to go start the next thing. How often does this happen for founders? And, and do you think that this is a good and healthy behavior to kind of jump right into the next thing? It happens all the time. And my answer is always stop. <laughs> this is yeah. gonna be a shitty right. idea. Yep. Every time, man. Cause like, think about it this way. We had like all this time to go and develop our first idea. Right. And, and we had, yep. we had the benefit of working at something else, right. Probably keeping us distracted, making money, whatever we were doing. Yes. We could kind of evolve the idea and kind of make it make right. sense. I, I think I used this analogy in, in another episode we talked about, it's like when an artist, right, a uh, band, let's say, creates their first album. Yep. And the first album is awesome. Yes. And then, then they're, they're, they're a big hit, and the, and the record company makes sure that they, they get another album out quickly. And now they're rushed, and they just have to get the album out. So they kind of go with yep. the first ideas they have, the first songs they have, and they push that album out. And it always right. sucks, right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, and founders are no different, right? We still have to yep. have some sort of creative process, and yet time and time again, we always rush our second act and our yeah. second album usually sucks. That's what we yeah. should dig into today. All right. So before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny. I think, you know, we spend more time with the first one kind of, to some degree, even suffering in it, right? Yeah, we we sure. suffer from the problem that we, we want to face um, and, or that we're facing. And then the solution comes from that. Right. So I, I think a nice way of summing it up is the first problem finds us, right. And then we go and find a solution for it. But that second problem when we're post exit or, or whatever that is that led to us having time and opportunity to go seek out the other one, we go looking for that problem. And I think that's the genesis of the issue, right? We're right. now forced into a situation forced by ourselves <laughs> to go find, you know, we don't have a record company telling us we have to do this. Right, 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 right. Um, it's, it's all in our head, right? That record company that, that, you know, the, the, the label owner is, is us. Right. And yet we do this to ourselves over and over and over again to the detriment of the fortune that you just earned, um, to the detriment of the free time that you now have for the first time in how many years, five, seven, 10, probably. Yep. And we decide to squander all of that because we feel this burning need to go do something else. So let's talk a little bit about why maybe we don't need to do that. Well, okay. So at its core, I think that we seek validation. And, and let's sure. assume we just had one of two outcomes, a bad outcome where we, we folded everything or a good outcome oh, where yeah. we made a ton of dough. In the bad yep. outcome, we're trying to get on our second thing to prove to everybody that we're not a failure. 
right? That, yeah. that yes, that yep. thing failed, but this next thing is going to be so much better. And, and there's a lot of exactly. there's a lot of good that comes out of out of like that change in focus, right? Yeah, yeah. But the other side of it, and that's really what we're talking about, is when we're successful. And maybe we made some money. Not always the case, but maybe we made some money. And we're rushing as fast as we can to try to go to that next thing. Why? Not because we need the money this time. We want to prove that we're not a one-hit wonder. right? We we want to prove that it's not a fluke. (laughs) That if we did it once... The irony is, this is the best way to prove that you are a one-hit wonder, (laughs) right? Is to run straight into the follow-up failure. Right. And, uh, we see it all the time, man. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, it's that, it's that need to validate, you know, this wasn't a fluke. Uh, you know, this wasn't, you know, just luck or good fortune or, or, or some other characteristic that was outside of my control. I did this. Right. This was because of me. And I'm going right. to prove that by going and doing it again. And I'm going to show all of you people who actually aren't looking or caring half a shit what I do next, you but I'm going to prove to all of you that I can do it again. You know, Ryan, I use the same response to a lot of my friends, uh, probably similar to uh, your friend you were talking to the other night. And I say, yeah. you've already won, right? Doesn't mean you beat someone <laughs> Literally. else, right? Uh, probably yep. not the case. You won at life. You've already yes. won. Anything you do after this doesn't make you win more. Right, like right. Y- you aren't more of a winner. Right? Like we all right. came from a place. We try to fight our way out of it. We got past it, and we're good. An example is, yeah. If Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl, who cares? Right, I'm sure there's he's out of they're, fingers they're, they're, for the rings. Like he's they're gonna have to toe si- toe ring size yeah. the next one. Like he, he's, <laughs> he's out of fingers. Yeah, right? he's he literally doesn't have anywhere else to put them. No, and it, but that's the thing. Like at some point, you have already won. Yes, you can win more, but just getting yeah. to that threshold is such a victory. That getting more yep. of it doesn't really buy you a ton. However, correct, we create this 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 other narrative that we have to pursue. Right? We believe that that if we don't do it again, that somehow we've we've broken something or lost something. Right? None of this is true, by right. the way. We we made all this up. But what that does, our lack of understanding of, of where this validation or false narrative comes from, sets the tone and puts the pieces in motion in order for us to rush this next thing because we have to have the next thing. Here's what yeah. I don't hear, Ryan. I don't hear people say, I just, you know, came off a 10-year run, cashed out, made money, whatever, and I'm going to take 10 years before I do my next thing. I never hear yeah. that. Right? No, I not yet. And, and, and that's the problem. It could probably take 10 years for you to come up with that idea because to your point, it takes time, right? Yes. That's the thing. And I think this is the, this is the thing that we, we forget. Now, are there some lessons learned in that first startup that shortcut and short circuit some of the initial kickoff and mistakes and like knowing how to build a team and, and, and some of the, the, the mechanics? Yes. And I actually think that's a big part of the trap. It's like, I know how I can get this idea going way faster. And they do. But what they didn't do was spend enough time figuring out and validating is this idea worth pursuing, right? I think that's where we run into trouble because we now have a skill set that we didn't have. So we rush into an idea without giving it the proper time. So let's focus on that for a minute. Let's focus on why it takes time to really have the next good idea. And let's be honest about how much time it took us to actually come up 
with that first idea in, in the first place. Because when we right. go back, I think like the revisionist history version of it was light bulb moment, started startup, spent 10 years, sold it, and now next light bulb came on. Bullshit, right? It's just never like that, right? right. It's typically right. years in an industry or um, some unique opportunity comes along. There's There are like this, this confluence of factors that led to the formation of that first idea. And then there's typically some period of incubation that can be measured in months at a minimum, years. I, I know people who have literally had an idea that they said, you know, it took me a decade before I actually pulled the trigger on doing this. Thing. Right. On the first one, right? <laughs> we do not have any version of that story for number two because nobody's ever like, yep. And then I waited a decade and I was like, I am sure this is how I want to spend the next 10 years of my life. No, they jump right back into it. Right, right. So to your point, our point, good ideas, take time. And there's a reason for that. Well, that time has a filter to it, right? Yes. Like, like, like the, the, the time, being broke has a filter to it, an important filter, right? <laughs> sure <laughs> You does. couldn't do all the things that you can do now that you've got some cash in the bank. And yes. that's what led you to the good idea because it yes. forced you to validate a bit. Now you can throw, right. throw money at it. And who knows if it's a good idea? Also, right. think of how many times, Ryan, in our business, in startups.com, we changed, we morphed, yeah. right, to get to where yep. we are today. If Correct. we had said our idea is to start helping people doing funding, right, we would have said that's probably not a big enough idea and killed it. We'd have never yep. gotten to where we are because we would have said the idea is not big enough. We would have said that the, um, the timeline is too short, whatever, and not given us ourselves the time we needed to morph into this idea. Same thing happens That's when exactly people it. do consulting and they turn that into a product, right? They didn't want to start a consulting company necessarily. They had to, right? Right, they have to. And I talk to people all the time. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's becoming this constant refrain in my life where I talk about a service proxy. Like, I want to right. build this product. I'm like, okay, cool. How much money do you have? How much experience do you have delivering um, this, this solution that you want to people such that you're sure you want to turn it into a software? The answer is zero and uh, zero. Okay, cool. Why don't we start by delivering this as a service, a consultancy, something so that you totally. can make money yep. and learn uh, how to deliver this thing before you replicate it into a software? Because software is just a repetition of a process. Right. If it was a shitty process, you've got shitty software <laughs> and even less money, right? You right, had zero dollars right, right. before. Now you've got negative money. Let's not do that. So yeah, you're right, man. Time is a, time is a beautiful filter. Um, and it, it forces us to, to chip away some of the undue optimism around the idea. Right? I like that. Undue it, it forces optimism. us to, to reevaluate whether or not this is really where we want to spend our time. Um, it allows that feeling and need, um, that urgency to jump to the next thing, to prove to everybody I can do this again. That feeling fades right. fairly quickly if you let it. Right. But if you jump right into the next thing, guess what? You've now tied yourself to that. Right. right. You're now saddled to the horse and strapped in. You got to keep going because at this point you've decided that you're going to prove to everybody. So how can you undecide that once you've begun and you've told everyone you're doing this? Now that feeling is concrete and right. you can't escape it. Right. Given a little time that fades away. And now you can start to make objective decisions about the next thing that you want to do. Um, here's the other thing I always find funny. 
Weren't you really focused on your business for the last 10 years? Weren't you really focused on the exit at the end? Weren't you completely consumed by this thing? What thought cycles did you possibly have to put into something else? How much thought could have actually gone into this other thing that just shiny ball popped up out of nowhere that you're now suddenly ready to go and chase down, right? Again, back to this filter of time, um, you know, there, there's the time you're going to spend going forward to, to modify, to hone the idea, to really give it its, its due course. But there was also that time that should have happened prior to even having the idea that simply couldn't have existed. Like we know what founder life looks like, right? It's like, well, I was working on that in my free time. Oh, really? And yet you managed to grow and, and, and exit a company, um, Please, unicorn, continue. <laughs> Tell me of this fable. <laughs> like, it just, I think it's, it, it, it can't happen. It's silly to assume that the moment after we exit will just happen to be the moment we have our next big idea, right? And so yeah, again, yeah. Um, just giving ourselves some buffer. I think part of the part of the um, the process here starts with removing artificial, uh, you know, barriers or constraints. Ergo, yep. I have to do it again immediately. Right. Right. Um, now, part of it is, you know, maybe we sold. We have nothing to do. We're just bored out of our minds. Right. Artificial yes. constraint. Yes, we're bored. I created something for that. It's, it's called hobbies. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, yes, we're bored. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is the best time in in the, the yeah, perfect no. idea is going to land in our in our laps right now. What Correct. we have to be able to say is, first step: take off all these bullshit narratives right? I have to do it again to prove something. I have to do, I have to be in an office right away because I was in an office yesterday. All that stuff just, just forces a bad outcome. First thing yes. we do, we take that off the table. We say the idea will take as long as it takes. And I may, and here's the important part. And I may never find another good idea, right? I mean, that's right. the thing where like, you you heretic, right? Yeah, I know, right? Like, I'll never find a I just, good idea. I just felt the collective listener's anxiety pulse up to like right, right. rage levels. Like, what did he just say? And, and so, but here's why. We're not the same person we were when we started the first company at so 100%. many levels, right? We talked about yep. this a moment ago. We were saying, look, we're not as curious. We're not as hungry. We're not as desperate. You know, we're not all of these things. Some are good, some are bad, but we're not yeah. the same person. The person Correct. who created a success is gone, right? Right. We're this new person and we have to work under their right. parameters. You know what I mean? You know, by the way, I just want to mention if what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often, you actually can. You know, we're online all day every day working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find, you know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, the thing I touched on as we were going through, through, you know, the good ideas take time. And it was this idea that one of the things that causes us to jump in and ignore what is that important interstitial period of time where we give ourselves that breathing room is the fact that we are a different person with a different skill set who can accelerate some of that early stage stuff, right? Like we now know how to incorporate. You only need to learn that once and then it's kind of done, right? Um, we now have a much bigger network, right? Right. So we've got plenty of people and, and, and you know, I, I'm going to try to find a way to say this nicely. 
Um, but there are going to be plenty of people around you who are excited about your success. And when you tell them you're ready to go on and do the next thing, they're going to want to be part of that next success without factoring in that it may not be a success, right? Sure. They want to ride along. Right. And so they will prop you up. They will blow smoke, right? They will, you know, they'll, they'll make you feel great about the idea um, out of, again, this, this undue optimism around the fact that you've done this once, of course you'll do it again. They want to be part of that. Sure. So I see this happen all the time where all of a sudden, and I don't want to call them sycophants, but like these, these people will start to like surround the founder, right? And, and like, you know, cheer, cheer, carry, carry them into the next battle, right? On the, on the palanquin. And they're just like, you know, uh, roaring about their victories and, and can't wait for the next one. Um, and that can propel founders into, into, to really bad decisions. Again, that was not a problem the first time, right? You, you reverse that situation where you're the first time founder, everybody around you is literally doing the opposite. You're like, you're going to what? You're going to quit your job and you're going to start this tech thing that does what? Right. You're going to become the plumbing for telephones and it's called Twilio. Right. That sounds idiotic, right? Like, why would you do that? So I think that, you know, by virtue of the skills we have, the network we have, the other resources we have in terms of now free time, um, not necessarily in a good, in a good way, um, because of how we spend it and, uh, free cash, all this other stuff, right? The likelihood of investment goes up. Right. So we know it's going to be easier to go and raise more money. So there's all these things because of this new person that we are that give us the ability to accelerate into disaster. Right. And, and our problem is we've just came off something big. What we forget, yeah. and I think this is such an important uh, point of distinction, is all the best ideas, Facebook, Google, Apple, whatever, started yes. off as small and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> right. And became what they became. Right. <laughs> Right. And so, but we're not thinking like that. We're not thinking like, how can I start something small in the garage? Right? Because we've yes. got success, we've got money. It has right. to be big out of the gates. And basically what we do is we lose the very process that creates great companies. We, That's we, right. We overlook it because we want to fast forward it. And what we don't realize is great art takes time. And this is yes. art. This is something that requires a process. It requires a lot of thought. And it often requires starting something really small, fairly dumb and really focused with yeah. no option to go back, right? We have none of those things now. We have a ton of dough. We have tons of optionality, whether it works or not. We've convinced right. that we have to tell everybody that it's a huge idea, so it can't be small yeah. or dumb, right? Right. And we've literally taken out all the factors that make great companies great companies. We're not the same person anymore. We have to look at it and say, I can't create what I created before because I'm not thinking like the person I was before that made me great. You're absolutely right. Well, I, I think this is a matter of, of like a reset of expectations, right? Like we can't expect to kind of begin at the level that we just ended, right? This isn't the role-playing game where like you, you continue from being a level 10 wizard. Like yep. you're back to ground zero again. Yep. You start over. What's really interesting to me, and I've seen this happen more than once, we're actually disincentivized as founders for doing this or we're, we're, we're chastised for doing it, or we're, we're denigrated for doing it. I've seen it where like, somebody who's exited, sitting at a round table, and they present something that's a very simple, small, quote unquote, dumb idea, right? It's this, it's this little sure. thing. And everybody else at the table, like who was waiting to hear what their next big idea was gonna be, is all kind of like, uh, oh, oh, well, 
Okay, right? And there's this like shit response to it. This is exactly the opposite of what it should be because to your point, this is exactly what that founder needed to do. They needed to go back to square one and say, where did I begin this thing? Now, of course, there will be mistakes that we don't have to make twice. Right. There will be things that we can do better and faster the second time. Yes, but we still need to start at that very nascent point where it's just an idea. It's not a big idea. It's not a, it's not a great idea. It's just an idea. And we have to be willing to nurture and cultivate that to the point where it can become something that can become a big idea. But the, the really funny irony is that like when we do that and we talk to other founders about it, the typical response is, is a really poor one, right? right? It's like, oh, I, you know, I was kind of expecting something more from him, but you know, he wants to do this, this goofy little thing. Yeah, well, the likelihood that it stays a goofy little thing is small. Um, it's a lot smaller because he's starting it as a goofy little thing or she's starting with something very small and manageable that can grow from there. I had another uh, conversation with somebody I hadn't talked to in a couple of years, uh, a connection of mine from, from St. Pete, um, has a, a, a successful business, has been running it for uh, five to seven years now, um, but it's the type of business that now can be kind of put under management and has been. And she has slowly started to remove herself from this business. They had a lovely boom during COVID um, and she's been able to extract herself from that a little bit. And she has gone on to, to the next idea and she, she called me to talk about this. Um, and it was something very small and very simple Right. And, 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 you know, not big and sexy and not something incredible, but there is room for scale there. But what she's talking about building to begin with is really tiny. And, and, and luckily she called me and I applauded her for that. I said, you know what? I'm really glad to hear that you're talking about doing this in like a single zip code to start with. Right. Right. Yes. It could be national someday. That's fantastic. But if it doesn't work here, the, the idea that if you just start bigger, that it's somehow going to be better is super, super flawed, right? right? Again, there's also a chance that it just won't work. Right? You brought this up at the beginning. Lots of one-hit wonders out there, right? And we use that as, as, a, as, a, as a derogative in, in, in music, right? It's, it's bad to be a one-hit wonder. Um, I'd argue that having one hit in anything, whether that's a sport, um, business, or, or music, Still pretty awesome because when you compare it to the rest of the people who are no hits, um, still pretty awesome, right? But you made a point early on, which is that a lot of times, you know, this, this second effort, regardless of how hard we try um, and regardless of how well we approach it, just doesn't work, right? Right. There's a limited number of hits to be had, and that's okay too. Well, I agree with that. And I get to it. I remember two, two instances um, of founders that had, you know, big outcomes that ended up coming back with just dumb, silly ideas. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean in a good way in this case. I'm actually high-fiving them. Uh, if, if, you, if you do your research, uh, Andrew Mason, who was the head of uh, Groupon, which, as you know, was one of the yeah. fastest-growing companies of all time, after yes. Groupon had IPO'd and, and he had left, et cetera, he started, his next idea was he started a company where it was audio tours on your phone for different cities, where it would just tell you about the history yeah. of a city as you walked around. And he said... This is just a dumb idea. Just something I feel like working on. This, like what I loved about it is he disarmed it. He didn't try to say this yeah. is the next Groupon. He's like, no, this right. is what I want to work on. And frankly, yep. I get to work on whatever I want to. And this is it. Yeah. And, and, and I loved that. 
The next one was uh, around that time, a guy named Aaron Patzer, who was the founder of Mint.com, which had a great exit to, yep. into it. Uh, I got the chance to sit down across from him and we were talking about his next deal. And he was starting something called Fountain, which was actually kind of similar to what we were doing at Clarity. It was helping you connect with experts yes. like a plumber or something like right. that for different things. That, it was a great idea, right? And I was like, hey, you know, we kind of own something in that space. I can tell you how big of an idea it is, right? You know, <laughs> you're not going to like the answer. But, right. um, but it's a great idea. And I remember saying to him, I was like, but it's your idea. Who cares how big it is, right? It's what you want to exactly. work on. And I felt right. in both cases that the founders just needed to validate themselves. That like, I don't need to prove shit to anybody. I already did it. That's why you read about me in the, yep. the paper, right? <laughs> right. I've already taken care of that part. Now I'm going to work on what I want to work on. The reason I bring that up is because I think that for themselves and the outside world, the founder needs to disarm everybody, right? Reset expectations, yeah. right? Yep. To give themselves lots and lots and lots and lots of reps on whatever this idea is so that right. it maybe becomes one day what you want it to become. If we go out there and we're like, yes, this is my next big act, right? We've basically disrupted all the laws of startup physics, right? Because <laughs> it just doesn't right. quite work that way. Now, some people have, have you know, muscled through it and made it work. But generally speaking, your second act takes a lot of time. And so what I love is when founders get in front of it and they, and they say, look, I'm, I'm setting expectations now. This is probably a dumb idea, right? And right. that's okay. And I'm going to work that's on okay. it for as long as I need to until it becomes something more. What I do like is when founders finish an exit uh, or, or a shutdown for that matter, and they do go work on something, right? They just don't have the, the, um, the pressure that this has to be it, right? Like I just, right. I just wrapped yeah, this yeah. thing, whatever it was, good or bad. Now the next thing has to be the biggest thing. Here's why. Yeah. Here's why. Most of us, good or bad, only have one good idea our entire lives, right? I think Mark Cuban right. said it best. You only need to have to, you only have to be right once, right? And what he was saying was like, he did have a good idea back in 1999. I don't even know if it was a good idea. Yep. It got him paid. Um, but the point is, we keep thinking that like, as founders, we're just fountains of ideas, right? And we just right. keep coming up with good ones. Not true. Nope. And I think uh, uh, David Hanemeyer Hansen said it from uh, Basecamp. He's like, this is probably our best idea. I probably don't have a better idea. I'm just like throwing it out there. Right. Been working on it for 20 years. I don't know that I'll ever do something better than this. And it was just honest. And I really liked that. Yeah. And, and, yep. and I think that's Yeah, it's, it's refreshing. It's reassuring. Um, and unfortunately, it's far too uncommon of, 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 a, of a mindset, right? That I, I think that, it's, it really does represent a tiny, tiny fraction of founders. Um, and, and hopefully this, you know, hopefully what we're saying today helps to change that a little bit. And we're giving people permission to feel okay about, you know, only having that one success or in taking some time post failure to, but it's not really what we're talking about today. But again, like if that is where you're at, if you failed and you feel that you need to go prove yourself, you're like, well, I took swing one, but I get three strikes, right? So I'm going to swing right now probably not the right time. Right. Right. So, you know, you're, you're now probably tired from the last one. You're, you're emotionally worn down. Um, the support around you has, if, if, if there was any to begin with, um, has probably waned significantly. Um, and if there was a lot of pushback against your first idea, there's going to be even more against your second. Like, why are you doing this to yourself again? Right. Well, here, here's, here's another way to look at it. I've started nine companies, right? At the time, yep. 
when I started each one, I thought they were my best idea. That's why I started them, right? <laughs> right. Always. Right, right. Yeah. And so, but now I can look back and I can say, wow, those were a lot of shitty ideas. I started them. There's no way I could yep. have known at the time not to start them because they only become shitty right. ideas after you start them and fail, right? Or they That's don't right. become what you want or they waste a bunch of time. There's a lot of, you know, flavors of failure. Sure. But, but what's interesting about that is for the longest time, for like probably 20 years running, I was 100% convinced that we just stamped out the same quality of ideas, right? Like we're, we're founders. Right. That's what we do. And yep. you know, good ideas are just commodities. All it matters is I pick right. one and I go run with it. And, yeah, and exactly. I'd later learn that I don't have that many good ideas, actually. <laughs> I have ideas. They're generally pretty shitty. And I'm kind of looking for the good idea, right? It's the yep. same reason bands who are incredibly talented have lots of songs, but they don't have many yes. good ones. Right? Right. <laughs> it's not like they're only able to record the good ones. They recorded all right. of them. Right. right. They recorded all of them. They just right. kind of sucked. Right. We all suffer through we all suffer through tracks three, four, five yeah. to get to six. Right. And then we skip seven and eight. And then there's nine, right? right. It always starts good. Then there's that there's enough in the middle to keep you moving. And then there's the last one at the end. Yeah. It's if they're so talented, why don't they only come out with hits? You know, it's it's a matter of repetition and a little bit of luck. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and right. it's because for all of us. We have a lot of, you know, we think there were this, you know, my Vesuvius of good ideas and we're constantly erupting right. with good ideas. And what we have to be kind of humble about, you know, certainly what I've learned is that we have maybe one good idea, maybe, probably right. not, maybe one good idea. Some people, if they are incredibly fortunate, have two. You don't have 10, right? So this right. idea that I've just all this stuff I'm going to work on is, is going to work out. That's just not the way this shit works. And so yeah. I, I think in, in a bit of like humble pie for ourselves, like we need to step back in this process and we need to say, I just exited. Statistically, the probability that I'm going to have another good idea as good as that <laughs> right. one is freakishly low. It might even be zero. Yeah. Statistically, it's probably zero, right. right? And so let me at least kind of go through this process with, with the, the, the reminder that this is probably going to be a shitty idea why the statistics are what they are and kind of step back and give it time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Right. I think that again, the, if, if you do for some reason, you're driven to go on and do something else, give yourself the time to understand that drive, really unpack it and figure out why am I doing this? Right. Go through those things that we talked about that are false motivators, which is you feel like you need to do it to validate yourself. Other people around you are telling you, gosh, you were so good at that the first time. This is what you're meant to do. You've got to go do another one, right? People are approaching you to be co-founders. They're approaching you to be advisors. They're approaching you to be whatever. They're trying to wrap you into what they're doing because they want a piece of your momentum and your next good idea, should you ever have one. Give yourself the appropriate amount of time to let that simmer down to let things level out and to recognize and get a little time to get to know the new person that you are, right? Because in most cases, right? And no, it's certainly been true for me. You and I have had conversations about this. So, so many things have changed in the 10 years since we started this company. We had families. We've, 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 we've changed geographies multiple times, both of us. 
so many things have changed and, and who we are as people have changed. And one of the things that hasn't changed is the amount of time we've had to get to know ourselves. And so I think that there's something really powerful that can happen post-exit, uh, good or bad, where you take a little time for introspection and get to know who this new person is and get to understand, like, what would be a good idea for them, right? Because the good idea for 20-year-old Ryan is probably not the same quality idea. And I don't mean that in terms of a, a, a higher quality, right? I don't think that I'm, I'm necessarily capable of having higher quality ideas now, um, brain science would probably tell me the opposite. I was probably more <laughs> capable of having good ideas when I was younger. However, the, the, the quality of the idea, the, the thing that would motivate me to do something new now would have a different set of qualities than what it had for 20 year old me. I'm a very different person now, you know, and, and I think that's something that we don't give enough credence to and that we don't spend enough time to get to know ourselves, to know what is this new version of me going to really enjoy doing? What is this new version of me going to be really capable of doing? What is this new version of me going to have some small chance at going forth and kicking ass while trying? All right, so that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.